Life Church Global, it is an honor and a privilege uh, for me to bring God's Word to you. I'm super excited for this Word today. Man, I'm telling you, just before we could um, begin this Word, I saw a cloud descend in this room. And in the cloud, I saw the throne of God descending in this room. And I fully believe that God has a good word for you today. Not as a good word, but God has a life transforming word to you. And I want you while you are listening to the word to engage with God who is sitting on his throne. And I really believe that he's got a word for you. And the title of God's message to you is divine alignment. Divine alignment. Alignment means to come into a straight line. It, it means to be aligned with who you are meant to be. It means to be aligned or come in align with your the source of your life. And today divine alignment is about being aligned with the divine one. Uh, and today is going to be an awesome word and I would love for you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 3 and we'll read from verses 1 to 10 onwards. The context of this chapter is that the, the disciples are having this huge moment in chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit comes and dwells uh, and fills them and they have one of the most amazing turnouts where 3,000 people get saved that day. And so after that moment, they John and Peter the disciples of Jesus are going to the temple to pray. You see, they are the, the minute they have an awesome moment, they don't go out and do something else. They go to the temple to pray, which means they are perfectly aligned in their relationship with God. And so we see now when they're going to the temple to pray that they meet a man. And I want us to read from verses 1 onwards. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of, from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him, with John and Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. Come on somebody, this is a phenomenal miracle. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging arms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is an amazing story. They come from experiencing the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And they go, they're going to spend time in prayer with God and going to the temple and they meet a man who is in need. 
You must understand that the disciples now, after they waited in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came, they are in alignment with the Divine One. They're perfectly aligned with God. And now when they're perfectly aligned with God, everywhere they went, God's perfect will, God's intention, God's desire begins to now flow out of them into every aspect of life. And so they come across this man who has been lame from birth and he's asking, he's begging them for money. Now you must understand that this is a collision of two different wills. There's the ego man's will and the ego man's will, which is a limitation, is communicating through the man asking just for some money so that he can feed himself, probably feed his family, or, and then, you know, when he gets this money from people, he'll probably come back again tomorrow begging for money. And that's how people knew him. They knew him as a person who was a beggar, who was lame from birth, and they knew his story because they would probably give him money. And that's exactly what the will of man does. The will, the ego will does for a human being. It keeps you limited, it keeps you held down, it keeps you time bound, it keeps you space bound and it does not give you the opportunity to think outside of the box, to think the way God would think for you. You know, some of us have constantly lived this life where we feel like we are no good. We feel like uh, this is what our life is meant to be. You know, this is where, this is the most I could do with my life. I don't, I can't see hope. I can't see a better day. I can't see a solution out of this. I've got news for you. God has a better plan for your life. God has a will for your life. And when you allow God to align yourself with God's will for your life, you begin to experience a greater dimension. You begin to experience a greater realm of glory that causes you to see beyond the limitations of the physical time-space reality. There's a collision of two wills. And I want to present to you that the will of your old man, the will of, of your, that, 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 that the knowledge of good and evil presented to you was so meager and it pales in comparison to the will of God for your life, for that man's life. The will of God for that man's life was that man would not be lame. That man would not beg for arms. He would not beg for money every day, but rather he would have the, the strength in his legs. He would be fit. He would be whole. He would have, he would be in his right senses. He would, he would be able to go out and work and do business and, and provide for his family and provide for himself. That is the will of God for your life. But it is, it is the collision of these two wills that allowed this man to embrace the will of God. See, but it, it took two people who were perfectly aligned with the divine will of God. It took this man having an encounter with these two people who were just walking by him, but they were perfectly aligned with the divine will of God for humanity, not just for the man, for all of humanity that caused this man to encounter and experience a transformation in his body. I want to ask you today, are you aligned with God's divine will for your life? Because if it is, you should be dissatisfied with where you're at. You should have this 
desire to not settle for less. You should have this desire in your heart to because God has something better. God has something greater in plan for your life. Don't settle for less because less is is a satisfaction that tells you that causes you to remain where you're at but God has a better plan for you God's plan for your life is a progressive plan it never God God's plan for your life never settles he always is getting you to go higher and higher and higher till you reach the most high there was a collision that took place of two wills two desires and this story really communicates god's desire for humanity god's desire for all of humanity is that everyone has perfect health no matter what your excuse is no matter what your reasoning is it is not god's reasoning it is god's perfect will that every single human being is in perfect health It is God's perfect will that every human being would experience the goodness of God in the land that they're living in. Come on now. It is his perfect will and it is come through Jesus Christ. And so the disciples now have have experienced this. They are aligned with God's divine will and they're just walking to the temple. You could be walking into your office and somebody might have a need in your office somebody might have a need in your college in your school somebody might have a need in, uh, around you and you don't need to know their need you just need to know the divine will of god for your life and the disciples were 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 aligned they were they, 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 their lives were all over the place till the holy spirit came and when the holy spirit came they were perfectly in line with god's will for humanity let church i want to present this to you god has a will for all of all creation not just humanity all creation and it is the the sons of god it is sonship that aligns you into the perfect will of god not only for your life but also for all of humanity and it is only the ones who are aligned with the divine will of god that are able to now superimpose the will of god over the will of man This man had a will. He had a desire for money, for a breakthrough. But God had a greater will for his life. And because in a moment Peter and John said to him, "Hey, look at us." And when he when he looked and when he gazed upon them, when their gaze met his gaze, there was a superimposing of the will of God over this man's life. God did not settle according to his prayer request. Oh, come on now. God did not settle. God did not take his will and settle it according to your prayer request. You know how many of us pray pray very limited prayers and we wonder why God doesn't answer those prayers because it's too limited. It's a it's a he's a limitless God. You've got to pray, you've got to pray in such a way that challenges even your belief of God. When we pray and we ask God, we're asking God for money. God wants us to give us the riches of of that that are stored with the wicked. Why are we asking for a bill when we should be asking God to give us enough money to to take over to clear the debt of a nation? When you begin to pray that prayer, God 
trust me with uh, with billions of dollars so that I can buy off the debt of a nation that's when your debt begins to get bought off come on church you've got to you've got to pray with faith you can't just pray with just oh i just need just this much god i just need this much you're begging for arms god god god's got to get a plan for you touch your neighbor and say god's got to pray get a plan for you these two disciples didn't have gold or silver but they had something he says silver or gold have i none but what i have i give unto you this is the king james version in the name of jesus rise up and walk in the name of jesus rise up and walk in the name of jesus rise up and walk hey listen we've been praying for money but listen the the, the provision of the will of god the access to the will of god is through the gate called jesus christ it's not through your fasting and prayer it's through jesus christ through the name of jesus this man gets healed they pick him up they the gaze meet and they pick him up and as soon as they pick him up power begins to flow through him and strength begins to come into his bones and strength begins to come into his ankles and he begins to leap up jumping and praising god i mean what an awesome miracle for a person who has been lame from birth to know how to jump it is a phenomenal thing for a person to know how to run who have never ran before it's a supernatural it's the divine will of god you must understand when the when when the divine will of god comes it knows exactly where your need is you don't need to have an education god's grace supplies you with the education so that you can do all things it's amazing church and something awesome happens in this moment where every single person that was in the temple who knew this guy hey isn't this this guy who is begging for arms how come he's walking right now and all of a sudden now this man who who, who was begging is now dancing around peter and john the disciples he saw excited he's sharing his testimony with everyone and the testimony he begins to share in his leaping and dancing and praising god attracts 5000 people to peter and john you must understand that the that when you're when you're aligned to the divine will of god god attracts those that he wants to receive his will for their life he attracts the people to you but he is not attracting the people to you please don't don't think that it's about you it's about the 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 divine will that you are aligned to god wants to reveal his will to all of humanity so that all of humanity can experience his power in his will which means the power of god flowed when the two disciples had aligned themselves with the will of god there was a power that began began to flow through them that when they when they met the person's need according to the will of god the power of god came through them and gave this man the energy and the strength to begin to run around and walk around which means the power of god is in the will of god and when you align yourself with the will of god now the power of god begins to flow through you and so now 5000 people come to these guys and they preach the gospel to them and they said hey listen we heal this guy 
in the name of Jesus. And that day, 5,000 people were saved. In verse 19 and verse 20, in the ESV version, it says this, Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Which means the divine will of God, when you embrace the divine will of God and you get aligned with it, you're aligning yourself with the presence of God in your life. God's presence comes and dwells on the inside of you and now He aligns you to the will of the Father. So where the will of the Father is, there the power of God is. And so every time you align yourself, now the power of God begins to flow out of you. You don't, God doesn't need permission from you to, uh, for the power to flow. God knows the need around Him, around you, and He begins to take you into these places. He takes you into the darkness. He takes you into the clubs. He takes you where the drug addicts are. He takes you where the sick people are. He takes you to these places only so that your presence can allow His presence and His will and His power to begin to flow through your life. Come on church, this is awesome stuff. And so now, that day when He begins to say, repent and turn back from your sins, people see the demonstration of the power and they hear the message and they get saved. When they were at the temple, 5,000 people got saved that day. There was a ruckus that took place in the temple. You must understand, these guys came to pray to God and they had an encounter with the divine God through two people who were aligned. You must understand, when you go to work, you're still aligned to the divine will of God. When you wake up in the morning and go to work, you're aligned. When you go to college, you're aligned. You're aligned with God all the time because the Holy Spirit dwells in you and He is the perfect alignment to the Heavenly Father, to Jesus. And the, he, is the, he is the doorway now through which you begin to access the divine will and the divine will of God begins to access the earth through you. And so now, when these 5,000 people got saved, there was a massive commotion that would have taken place and the chief priests, the Pharisees, the sad Sadducees, and the captains of the temple began to come upon these two guys and they arrest John and Peter and they put them in a holding cell. And the next day, the, the, the chief priests, the high priests and the chief priests and all the, the titles, whatever you want to call them, come to them and ask them, in whose name did you perform this miracle? And what power are you using to perform this miracle? Come on now. Just listen to the language. What power are you using? Which means there are other powers that you can use to do miracles. They were aware of those powers, but somehow this power seems to be different. They didn't know where this power was coming from. And whose name did you use for this miracle? And so Peter, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon Peter and now he, he began to communicate with boldness. And he says, I'm paraphrasing it, he says, we healed this guy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. And that is the boldness in which he communicated that day. And I want to take you to chapter 4 and I want to read a verse to you. It's verse 13. Now when they saw 
the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. Come on now. And it goes on to say this. This is my favorite part. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Come on now. <laughs> this is amazing. They realized when these guys talk, they are bold. They're probably not educated. They have no formal training. They don't have theological degrees. They don't have any of that stuff. But somehow when these guys talk, their boldness of speech and the power being released revealed to these people that these guys have been with Jesus. They have been aligned with Jesus, with the divine one. And when you are aligned with the divine one, everybody else around you begins to testify. It's one thing when you begin to talk about, man, I'm connected to Jesus. I've got the, I've got the connection with Jesus. He's the gate. And you begin to talk about all these awesome things that you are doing. Nobody knows about it, only you know. But it's a whole other thing when you don't talk about yourself and everybody else around you begin to walk up to you and say, hey, listen, when you were doing this, I got healed. When you were doing this, I, would, I experienced an angel that came to me and I saw, the he I saw the heavens and the gates and all that kind of stuff. It's absolutely different when you walk into a hospital room and the dead begin to rise and the people come out of their, 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 their sickness and they are completely healed. When you walk out of the hospital, all the patients begin to follow you and there's a huge commotion and a ruckus and people want to know, how do you, where do you get this power to demonstrate? Where do you get, whose name are you doing these miracles? And when you talk about the name, the people all around you begin to say, this person is with Jesus. This person is aligned with Jesus. This person has been with Jesus. Why? Because we experience the power of Jesus and that same power is now coming through you. Come on, somebody, give Jesus some praise. So my question to you today is, do people around you talk about Jesus or they talk about you? Do they testify about you being with Jesus? Do they experience Jesus around you? Do people experience love? Do they experience the power of God? Do they experience the word of God being communicated? Do they experience the perfect will of God for their life coming through you? See, because that's our responsibility, right? As sons of the living God, sonship means that you are aligned to the Father. Sonship means that you are aligned with the perfect will of God. We see this communicated by Jesus. He says, hey, listen, I do only what I see my father doing. I say what I only hear my father saying. He's perfectly aligned with the will of the father. And you must understand church that we have a will. So does God. And when we allow our will, that seat, that throne in our soul, to be surrendered to God, God begins to sit on the throne of our will. And then we say things like, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life. It's not just a fancy little prayer that we pray to get the religious thing done, but we actually mean it. We actually mean it. 
See, the disciples, when they, when they preached to 5,000 people, the first thing that they said is repent and turn away from your sins. Repent and turn away. When Jesus was preaching the gospel, when John got arrested and Jesus began to preach, he came out saying the same thing. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the, about the word repentance. But repentance in Greek is the word metanoio. 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 And so what it means is, it means to, it not only means to change the way you think, but it means to change the way you think after being with someone. See, repentance, we've, we've heard change the way you think, brother, change the way you think. Sure, I can change the way I think from one, uh, from the knowledge of good to the knowledge of evil or the knowledge of evil to the knowledge of good. But it doesn't mean that I'm aligned to the perfect will of God. That, that in itself is a, is a life transforming moment. Just listen to what I'm saying, church. It's very important. You can repent. Repentance, what is being communicated for the longest time is that just change the way you think. No, we just don't change the way we think. Because you can experience the, you can, you can experience the knowledge of evil in your life and you can change the way you think by, by changing, uh, 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 changing it about the knowledge of good. But that's not repentance that God wants you to have. The repentance that God wants us to, to, to have and practice as a lifestyle is changing the way we think about God after being with Him. By, by experiencing Him. After I experience Him, I change the way I think about Him. I change the way I think about my will for my life. Repentance means I no longer think according to my will, but I choose His will for my life. That's what true repentance means. Repentance is a, is a dethroning of your will according to the knowledge of good and evil and your desires and what you want and I want a Maybach and I want a big house and I want this million dollar job and I want a million dollar business and I want, I want, I want to say the purpose of my existence is to fulfill your will for my life. That's it. So you might say, well, Pastor John, if I'm fulfilling God's will for my life, does that mean that my life will waste away? Wasting your life away, fulfilling the will of God is the reason why you're alive. It is the reason why you exist today. The reason why God gives you life, gives you air to breathe. He allows your eyelids to blink. He allows your heart to, to beat. He allows your brain to function. Everything in your body is functioning, church, only because God wants you to fulfill His will. Not your will, but His will be done. Now I want you to go to a, a quite a familiar passage in our church. It's Romans chapter 12. And we're going we're gonna to go deep into this right now. There's a reason why the renewing of the mind is very, very important. 
And verse 1 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. These two verses actually are are pivoting on the body. He's talking about presenting your body to God. He's not talking about presenting your body to the world. He's saying, listen, your worship to God, your reasonable, not worship, your reasonable service to God is to present a body that is a living sacrifice. Wow, what is a living sacrifice? It is this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we we, we must understand that our physical bodies manifest the testimony of the renewed mind. Our physical bodies manifest the testimony of the renewed mind, which means as my mind is renewed, my physical body begins to manifest it. So, So the renewed mind is a mind that has replaced thoughts, ideologies, that used to sit, desires that used to sit on the throne of your will and has placed the mind of Christ there. See, the the soul is made up of the mind, the will and the emotions. Okay, so you must understand that in the mind, there's a faculty called the, the will. And this faculty, the will is defined as a, as a, as a faculty that picks desires in a moment of decision. And so now you, you are filled with desires. You're filled with the, with the desires of God. You're filled with the intention of God. You're filled with it. Also, you're filled with the desires of the world. You're filled with your desires, selfish sometimes, or even unselfish desires, but they're your desires. And in a moment, the will makes a decision to pick a desire so that you could fulfill that desire. And your body can begin to manifest it. And Paul is saying, hey, listen, guys, don't present John to the Father. A living sacrifice is someone who presents Christ to the Father. A living sacrifice is someone who lives every single day dethroning their own desire, their own will, and replacing it with God's desire, God's intention, and God's will for their life on the earth. When you begin to replace, when you begin to dethrone your will and place it with God's will on that throne, now your body begins to manifest Christ on the earth. And a living sacrifice is a person that, that has made it a lifestyle to live as Christ unto God. Wait, I'm, I want to I help you understand this 
this is a very very important thing it's a very important revelation and you must understand this church see we 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 think that it's about us that god sent me to the earth yes he did but he also sent his son as you so that you could become his son and the sacrifice that stands before the father is christ you cannot go before the father without christ so which means that in order for you to offer a body as a living sacrifice that body cannot be your body it has to be Christ's body and in order for Christ to be manifested through your life you've got to start in the mind when you receive a thought of the world when you receive a thought of your own desire when you receive the desires of the flesh when you receive the desires of God the will the throne of the will has to pick one desire to manifest it and a living sacrifice is one who constantly only picks Christ who only picks Christ every moment of the day in every thought of the day in every single choice that you make you've got to pick Christ because in every choice that you make you're presenting your body to God see with being a living sacrifice it starts with the thoughts in your mind living sacrifice has to do with sacrificing yourself and allowing Christ to dwell through you that's what a living sacrifice is god desires to see christ formed in you we sing the songs we clap for the revelation but when the rubber hits the road i have my own desire for where my children should go my own desire for what my children should do not what god desires for your children to do i have a career path that i want to accomplish i want to present something to you that your career path and your desire is meager compared and pales in comparison to what god has in plan for your life when you begin to put christ on that throne when you begin to put god's will and god's desire on the throne of your heart now god begins to not only just say well you you want a career let me give you everybody's careers in your hand there's a difference ladies and gentlemen when you are when you begin to live as christ upon the earth see as christ upon the earth you're not looking for sick people sick people look for you you're not looking for dead people people who have people who passed away in their families who start looking to you because you are the christ upon the earth you're the the one who manifests the will of god for all of humanity they begin to look for you you're the solution provider you're not looking to god to say oh god give me what is your solution here no no you have the mind of christ you are the resource you are the solution provider to all the needs that there are in humanity and all of creation but paul is saying hey listen your reasonable service to god is not how awesome you lead worship or not how awesome you do your business or not how awesome you preach or not how awesome what kind of an awesome leader you are in church or what kind of a title you have wow i'm a i'm a prophet i'm a apostle and you walk around with all these gifts around you your identity is not your gift not your calling your identity is to be a son of god and this is the body that god is looking for the body that presents christ 
to him. And he's looking for a group of people called Life Church Global that will, that is okay, that, that loves being a living sacrifice. You're living to sacrifice yourself and your desires and your will to embrace the will of the Father for your life and everything around you. When you align yourself, when you rest in this revelation, Christ begins to get manifested through your body, ladies and gentlemen. Your body begins to become the body of Christ. And that's when you stand before God and now God answers every prayer request that you may have because it's not you, but it's Christ who's praying through you. And God is saying here, hey, listen, what the sacrifice, that the, when you approach me, when you approach the throne of God, you've got to come as Christ. Notice John, because John died on that cross 2,000 years ago. It's a difficult, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow because you've got to give up on selfishness. You've got to give up on, like your own, I have my own desires. No, but, 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 no, when Christ saved you, you gave up those desires. You gave up your will. You gave up your ability to, to, to choose yourself. And you chose Christ. When you chose Christ, this is how you begin to live as Christ on the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, see the, the people around you, there are many, many times I've heard people in the world saying, man, the church has no power and these Christians are fake. There are one people in, one type of people in the church and when they go out, they're like the world. And Paul is saying, hey, listen, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed into what? Transformed into an alien? No, transformed into Christ. And the way you're transformed into Christ is by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind takes place when you replace what is in your mind with the will of God that is in Christ's mind. And when you transform, when you allow your mind to be renewed by what is in Christ's mind, now the, the throne of your will begins to now pick Christ to sit on that throne. And when the thought of Christ begins to sit on that throne, now that Christ begins to manifest life through you. He begins to manifest Christ through your body. That's when you begin to walk through walls. That's when you begin to heal the sick. That's when your shadow begins to heal the sick. That's when you can pick up a lame person and they get healed. That's when you begin to multiply money. That's when you begin to tra travel through dimensions. That's when it all becomes very easy, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to allow the old man to die. You've got to allow that man to, to stay on the cross and don't get up. And you've got to allow yourself, let go of yourself, ladies and gentlemen. I want to invite you into a lifestyle of dying. Let it go. Let go of that old guy. Die to that flesh. Let it go. And allow your will to become strong. Allow your will to choose Christ in every thought. I'm telling you, the world will sit at your feet when you are Christ. Why? It's because when Christ is lifted up, He will draw all men to Himself. 
Just think about that. It's no longer I who lives. Just embrace that right now. Just embrace it. Just, just embrace that thought. John doesn't live anymore. Just t- tell yourself that. Just tell yourself, Kelsey doesn't live anymore. Chris doesn't live anymore. But Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Just begin to repeat it. Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not even my faith, I have His faith. I live by His faith. Not even my faith, my faith is Man, so little, it got me through to Christ. But now, for me to live as Christ, I need the faith of Christ to begin to live as Christ and present my body to God as Christ. If you can only allow your mind to be renewed by this one thought that is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. If you can wake up every day and make a decision to live as Christ, then you will learn how to replace, you will learn how to replace the thoughts of yourself and the world with the will of God for your life. And when you begin to, when you begin to do that, ladies and gentlemen, you come in alignment with the divine will for all of creation. That's when all of creation begins to recognize you. Ah, that's a son. That, those are sons that go to Life Church Global. Those are sons, manifest sons that are going to Life Church Global. And those are the ones that we need to go after. Those are the ones who have the power. Those are the ones who can tell me to repent and I will repent. I will do whatever they tell me to do because they've got the word, they've got the power and they've been with Jesus why is the body presenting the body important and Paul says this that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God ladies and gentlemen your human body cannot prove this it's only Christ's body that can manifest and prove to all of creation, to everything in heaven, on earth, under the earth, proves, what does it prove? It proves the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, God has a perfect will. God has a good will. It's not the knowledge of good and evil. This is God's good will for your life. God's perfect will. And God's will that can be accepted, which means God's will is not too hard for you to not receive. It's something that you can accept for your life. Wow, I have plans for you. These plans are for you to prosper. My goodness, I've been thinking of prospering and I've been having this, wow, this chart of what I want to do at this point in time and what education and I've got so much of striving when I can just leave that aside and accept His perfect will. And everything that He does He does by grace in my life. And when His power begins to do things in my life, I don't have to strive anymore. I don't have to struggle anymore. I just have to be. What are you going to be? A son. Not a doctor. Not a lawyer. Not a pilot. I'm a son who pilots. I'm a son who lawyers. I'm a son who doctors the sick. 
Your primary identity is son. And it is a son who begins to manifest Christ on the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a job to do. We're, we're, trying, we're striving so hard to better ourselves when ourselves are dead on the cross. All we need to do is allow our minds to be renewed. Just repent. Just change from holding on to self, holding on to my desires, holding on to my boyfriend, holding on to my girlfriend, holding, holding, holding on, holding on. I want to make money. I want to do this. I want to do this. Holding on to life. And, and it seems to be fleeting away. Just let it go. If it's going, just let it go. If she's going, go. If he's going, just let it go. Because when he goes, he comes. There's a place. There's a rightful place for him. There's a rightful place for Christ in your life. And Paul is saying, I beseech you, I'm begging you, please, Life Church Global, that you present your bodies, your physical bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And do not be conformed to this world. This world needs you to transform it. You can't be conformed to it. You can't come under it. You need to be above it. And be ye, be ye transformed. That's the King James over there. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you can prove. Ah, I love that word. Prove it. I love a good challenge. Prove this. I want to prove. I want to prove God's will. What is God's will? His will is perfect. His will is good. His will is acceptable for all of creation. Not just humanity, all of creation. And when you're in alignment with the perfect will of God, now you can walk down the street as Christ is walking down the street. It's no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. Even if it causes you suffering, persecution, trials, testing, even if it costs you your life, that's the reason why you exist in this moment. See, Jesus, in the book of Matthew, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in Matthew chapter 26, we see that Jesus is having a moment right now. And he says, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Why? It's because he knew the hour for him to suffer and die on the cross has come. And he says, my soul, which means his mind, his will and emotions are sorrowful, which means it's so filled with agony that it begins to manifest physically as sweat of blood. And in that moment, the book of Luke says, in that moment, Jesus is having this, really, he's, he's just, in absolute agony where his heart he's just like oh god I'm just about to take on the sin of the world and I'm going to pay this price and the sin of the world bearing the sin of the world is such a huge burden on his soul that it caused his physical body to begin to manifest 
what was in his soul. And in that moment, the book of Luke says an angel comes to Jesus and strengthens him up. And even with the angel coming, strengthening him up, it doesn't do anything because he's still in agony. Till he makes the statement. He says this, Oh Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Other, other, other books of the Bible says, not my will, but yours be done. But Matthew says, not as my will, which means God's will for Jesus was to suffer on that cross. God's will for Jesus was to take the sin of the world, was to carry the burden of humanity, was to be the redeemer, was to be the savior. And there was only one way out. And it was the as, not as I will, but as you will. That as part was the gruesome part in which Jesus was going to lay down his life. And that was the part, thinking about it, those thoughts that came was causing him so much of agony that it caused his physical body to start breaking down. But he says, not as I will, but as you will. It is in that moment, Jesus renewed his mind. His will could have picked any other. Listen, he's fully God, he's fully man. He could have changed his will in that moment. And he would say, not today, God, tomorrow. You know, like most Christians do. Not this month, God, next month. Not this year, God, next year. Next year, I will give my life to you. Next year, I will pay this. Next year, I will. we procrastinate because we're fearful of of embracing a moment of persecution, a moment of suffering, a moment of where our soul begins to become sorrowful. But it is in these moments, ladies and gentlemen, these moments are the opportunities where resurrection life becomes a possibility. It is these moments, the moments of suffering, it's the moments of not my will, but your will be done. And embracing suffering, embracing the, the cup of suffering and saying, God, I'm not going to escape suffering, but I'm going to go through it. I'm not going to escape the trials. I'm going to go through the trials. I'm not going to escape persecution. I'm going to go through it because I know that I will re experience resurrection life in my body if anything ever happens to me. See, the, the, we are so afraid of it. We're so afraid of death that we're afraid to suffer. But God sometimes allows us to experience it so that we can mature in our understanding of resurrection life. We can mature in our understanding of what it means to trust the Lord with all my heart. Trust in the Lord that He knows what's best for my life. That He knows what is good for my life. Not just me, but He knows. And what He has in plan for me 
is way better than what I haven't planned. I, my plan is to escape this moment right now. But God's plan is for me to go through this momentary so that I can experience everlasting life. See, every time we go through suffering, every time we go through trials, we run for the church for the prayer. We run to the church for prayer. We run. Oh, please, please, please. I can't suffer anymore. I cannot take it anymore. I need healing in my body. I need no. no. What if we just slow down a moment and we dethrone fear and enthrone faith where we dethrone anxiety and enthrone peace where we dethrone sadness and enthrone joy I will say God no matter what I go through I will always be full of joy be full of peace be full of faith that no matter what, that my purpose, even if I have to die physically, I am full of faith and I know that you will resurrect my body because I am more good to you alive than I'm dead. When can we have that faith? We have that faith only when our mind is filled with the mind of Christ. But church, we've got to come to this place every day Every day is an opportunity for us to live as living sacrifices before God. But it starts with a desire to embrace the will of God for your life. This lifestyle that says, even if I never have to sit on the throne of my will for the rest of my life I'm absolutely okay God because you can sit on that throne I choose to live as a priest to minister to the one who sits on the throne of my heart I choose to not make it about myself but to worship the one who sits on the thrones of my heart See, church, we're going to go deeper into the will. And the will is a powerful thing that God has given us. But it's a, it's the very gate in which you and I become Christ-like. It is the very throne upon which Christ begins to manifest the will of God which is in heaven upon the earth. Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, which means it's at hand. It's right here. You just have to change the way you think, which means dethrone your will and embrace His will. And when you embrace His will upon the throne of your heart, that's when the will of God begins to manifest the power of God and the intention of God for your life begins to be revealed. It's amazing how God's intention for your life and for everything around you begins to get manifested in and through your life when you dethrone yourself and you enthrone His will. I want to pray for you right now. So would you bow your heads with me right now as I pray. Father, I thank you for every single person that is watching 
and in service today, God. Father, I pray that that you would give them grace to understand this word and embrace this word and become one with this word, God. Father, today we make a covenant with you that it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in us. And it's a privilege and an honor for us to live a sacrificial life where we offer our bodies as living sacrifices to you. We thank you that you make us holy, you make us blameless. And so today, God, we align ourselves with your will. We align ourselves with your desire for our life. We align ourselves with your intention for our lives. And we thank you that your desire for us is so much more greater than our desire for our lives. Your plan and your purpose is so much more greater and better than our plan and purpose for our lives, God. And we pray right now, we submit ourselves to you, to receiving the mind of Christ and enthroning Christ on the thrones of our heart, God. And so Father, today, it is a joy and a privilege to live for you. It's a joy and a privilege to fulfill your will your desire and your intention for our lives and all of creation, God. I pray, Father, that every single person who's listening to me right now will begin to experience the grace to receive this word and not be fearful of suffering, not be fearful of trials, not be fearful, uh, but rather have the grace to endure them so that we would experience resurrection life. Father, in every area, every thought of our life, we would experience resurrection life, God and that our bodies would begin to manifest Christ. Lord, our greatest desire today is that we would have a church that would manifest Christ, not just human beings, but Christ who lives in us and dwells in us and manifests himself into all of creation. And Father, I pray today that heaven would become one in us today, God, that heaven and earth would become one in us today. And Father, I pray for your perfect will to be revealed to each and every person that is watching, God. That your will is good. Your will is perfect. And that your will is acceptable. And so today, God, we know that your hand is stretched out. And we stretch out our hands, God, and we embrace your will. We meet you where you're at, God. We take that one step towards you and we say yes to your will being done in our lives. And we thank you, Father, that as we embrace your divine will, as we align ourselves to your divine will for our lives, we know that Christ is magnified and will be magnified through our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Church, I want to bless you. It's been a privilege and an honor to present God's word to you. This message is from the throne of God to you. I want to encourage you to process this message. Process it with the Holy Spirit. Go into the scriptures and read and seek the will of God for your life. And I can guarantee you that your life will never be the same again. Bless you. Have an awesome week. Amen.